1: Who's got it better than us?
0: Nobody! Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. We are at the midway point of the season and it's a bye week. So today we'll take some time to grade out this Michigan team and see what we've done well and in what areas we need to be better in the second half of the season. Joining me on our game day segment will be two-time first team All-American and captain his senior year, Michigan great Greg Skrepanek. Later in the week, I might have a Michigan Man Extra edition for you. I will let you know via Facebook and Twitter if that happens. Before we get to Greg Skrepenick, my view from Section 17. Saturday night 78-0 to nothing whitewash of Rutgers was the kind of blowout win we don't see that often. Every player we dressed for the game saw playing time. The way we're playing right now, you would almost like to skip this bye week and get right back to action on this Saturday. On the other hand, it's a long season. And it can't hurt to have some extra time to heal up, work on some problem areas, and get ready for that stretch run. There were no injuries to report after Saturday's game, other than Jawan Bushelbadee's uh, irritating his knee injury early in the game, but he came back and is reportedly just fine. So let's enjoy the bye week and get ourselves ready for what is going to be an intense six-week run of games, ending the regular season on Thanksgiving weekend in Columbus. It's going to be fun. In just a few weeks, a new interactive app will be available in the Google Play and iTunes stores. It was developed by the team that brought us Madden Football and EA Sports College Basketball. We have never seen anything like this. It lets you interact with your favorite teams while the game is playing. It is simply amazing. For more information or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget to leave your cell number. By this time next month, this app will be all the rage, so get in on it early and find out why. Greg Skrepinek will tell you he can talk Michigan football all day. We'll keep it to about 40 minutes of your day this time. He bleeds maize and blue and says Jim Harbaugh and his staff have returned Michigan football to its core values, toughness and hard work. He joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Birth. this on our game day segment as we sort of do a midterm report card here entering the bye week is Michigan great Greg Skrepinek. Greg uh, great to have you back on the show with us
1: Mike always a pleasure
0: Well Greg as we uh, sort of do this midterm report card let's start with Saturday night's just absolute demolition of Rutgers your thoughts on what we saw
1: Well the scary thing is um you know they hung up all those points but offensively we started out sloppy and we started out slow sloppy made some mistakes and then boom Um, you know peppers really provided the spark offensively that uh, you know that started the the points are rolling but you gotta probably credit the defense for really just you know hanging tough and and what they did against I know Rutgers is struggling this year and they're trying to find their identity and such but uh, what that defense did uh, Saturday night is just, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's incredible. And it really is uh, something to, to be said when you could shut down a team, you know, when they have maybe two first downs, uh, they consistently shut the run down, great, you know, position, pass coverage. Uh, but the good news is they did what they should have done. That's a, that's a team that they should do that to. There wasn't any letdown. And the big news was it was the first road game of the year and they passed that test. Even though the opponent is struggling, you know, sometimes you have a tendency to play down to the opponent, especially in conditions like that. You know, raining, the ball's wet, it's a little miserable, thinking it was cool there. So you have a tendency sometimes to play down. And the good news is they went on the road, they won, and they played the way they should have
0: played. Greg, you hear writers and TV guys comparing Jabril Peppers to Charles Woodson and other players. And, of course, we just saw an incredible performance from him on Saturday night. Is it too early for that, or is that a fair comparison at this point?
1: It's way too early. I mean, first of all, I, I, I can't really stand when players are compared to other players. Yeah, there's likeness. It's like comparing errors to different errors. It's, it's practically impossible. Charles Woodson, as much uh, and him and Jabril Preppers have some similarities, they're totally two different players. They play different ways. And Jabril Preppers is he, such a, uh, a hybrid player. He's like the ultimate hybrid player that you ever see. He does it all. Outside of go, putting his hand down in a three point stance and getting down on the line of scrimmage, he could play any other position out there. Any other position. That's. That's what kind of athlete he is. Charles Woodson was a very good athlete, but he primarily played cornerback, a little receiver, and, and was special teams. I mean, But you could line up Peppers at quarterback, receiver, tight end, running back, defensive corner, linebacker, safety, and these special teams, of course, we know what he's done there. So, I mean, it, it's kind of unfair to him and Charles Eve. And, and plus, Charles... His career is over. I mean, everyone knows what Charles Woodson has done. He's going to go down as a Hall of Fame NFL player. He's a college football Hall of Fame guy. He has a Heisman Trophy. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of it's, it's unfair. But it, it's kind of neat in a sense also, too, because I'm sure Jabril Pepper is being compared to uh, um, Charles Woodson. He's humbled. And, and you know, he, he I, I think Jabril understands the history of the game and understands the traditions at Michigan. And I believe, you know, he, he probably is, is humbled by it. But I think it's totally unfair and certainly uh, only, um, you know, this early in the season still and in his career, really, to be making it. But I do believe he, he should be considered for the Heisman Trophy. There's no doubt that.
0: We're at the midway point of the season now, Greg. So if we could, let's take a look at this Michigan team by position group and get some of your thoughts. And let's start with that group nearest and dearest to your heart, the offensive line, what have you seen from them that you like, and, and what areas need improvement up front?
1: Well, what I like is, you know, that they've been improving every week. Uh, early in the season, the run game didn't seem to be going, but now they seem to be getting on all, all cylinders. Um, losing Newsom was a big loss, and yet they really uh, hunkered down uh, without him. Uh, it's a little scary with, uh, you know, BD, you know, almost go. He went down for a little bit, but he came back in, although we're lucky enough to have a guy like Mason Cole, who could go from center to play left tackle, and he did a little bit against Rutgers. But uh, up front, I, I think they're solid. I think they're improving each week. I think they're getting more on the line of what we've all, you know, been accustomed to Michigan offensive line play, and uh, you know, and they're battling and they're battling. I, I still like to see a little bit more push, a little bit more physicality. But as far as I'm concerned, the offensive line is steadily improving exactly what you want them to do week in and week out. They've met a few challenges uh, along the way. Uh, and again, you know, losing Newsom, who probably is one of their best overall linemen, probably one of their best pro prospects, it's um, a big loss. And then to overcome that, you know, is a big thing. And then, you know, even early in the game in Rutgers, we lose, you know, our, and we lose another, you know, the, you know, our backup left tackle goes down the end we overcame that as well so up front uh solid performance if i had to give them uh you know a grade at this time i give them uh, you know a solid b you know maybe b minus at this point because i just there's so much more i think they have to give and but i do like the steady improvement and i and i love to see uh you know each week them meeting the goals and that rushing game getting to the where it needs to
0: be Well, as you mentioned, uh, Juwan Bushel Beatty, who's the the backup um, at left tackle, went out early, came back. He was really heavily taped up, seemed to be holding his own. Of course, uh, we got a lot of backups in after that. You talked about having the luxury of moving Mason Cole back out to left tackle. You can bring Kugler uh, in at center. If you don't do that, then you're going to your third guy at tackle. So if uh, push comes to shove and Beatty's uh, knee, leg, whatever's uh, wrong with him continues, do you see that happening, though? You just move Cole back out to left tackle?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, left tackle is such an important position when you have a right-handed quarterback, so they're going to take a guy who has all that experience, as much as Mason Cole's been doing a real fine job at center, he has the experience of left tackle. He's been through, the, uh, um, he's been through numerous games. He's been through a couple big 10 schedules at left tackle, so... I think you'd feel much more comfortable with a guy like Mason Cole than anybody else, and then, you know, bring the other center in. And I I believe that it worked fairly well for them when they had to do it against Rutgers. Uh, Because, you know, left tackle is not a position that you want uh, a a young kid just to be thrown into the fire right away. You know, I mean, it's one thing if you have a training camp under your belt, if you have a spring ball under your belt. But it's another thing if you're just going to get thrown into the fire right away Especially in the heart of Big Ten play, you know when you have, you know when you have to play teams like Michigan State, when you have to play teams like Ohio State, when you have to play Indiana, who's very formidable, and Iowa. So I mean, you you don't want to see a guy just thrown into that situation. So I would imagine that's what they would do is put Mason Cole permanently at left tackle if uh, uh, um, Baby can't play.
0: Well, let's talk about our young quarterback, uh, Wilton Spate. Six games into the season, of course, before the season, a lot of concern about who would be uh, under center and how much production we'd get from them. You like what you've seen from Wilton so far?
1: I don't think you can't like what you see. I mean, you, you really you like the progression. One thing that I think right now that Jim Harbaugh's, you know, starting to you know be known for is just to have these quarterbacks that make good decisions and don't make mistakes and don't throw interceptions. Ruddock last year was the same kind of way, although I think State has a little bit more talent. I do believe, though, they've taken it slow with him. Uh, For instance, I thought they they could open it up a little more against Wisconsin, I think, you know, because that was a big game. They just didn't want anybody to make mistakes. Uh, But I, I think that could have been a little bit more open for him. But I think they've taken it slow enough for him to where he's been able to grow, he's been able to see things. And if you see... The most important part of a quarterback position, you see it in the NFL, Carson Wentz from the Eagles has done this the best. He, he, the, the most important part of that position is being able to read coverage and then to you know, read that coverage and to put the ball where it needs to be. That's the most important thing. And that a quarterback, you have the greatest talent in the world, the strongest arm, you can be fast as anyone on the field, you can be elusive, you can avoid sacks, but if you can't read coverages and get the ball to where it needs to be downfield, then you're not going to be a good quarterback. And I think Spate has had the ability now the last you know six weeks to grow and start to read those coverages and start to be comfortable with them. And once that happens with our receiving core, you know, uh, and, and in a strong tight end core, even back down the backfield that can catch the ball, he becomes more effective. So I think his progression has been very nice. I'd like to see at times the offense to be to be a little bit more aggressive, but how. <laughs> How 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 aggressive do you want to be when you hang over 70 against Rutgers? And we're averaging over four. Other than the Wisconsin game, we've been over 45 points every other game. So uh, I think it's been a nice luxury because as much as I like to see the offensive side of the ball do well, the defense. It's nice to be able to go on the field, not no, not you know, believing that you have to score every series, which has been the problem over the last you know uh, the previous. Uh, tenures. Offenses have taken the field with the pressure of knowing every time they have the ball that they need to score because you just didn't know what was going to happen defensively or or, or, uh, special teams-wise. So now you have that luxury of having a a defense that's one of the best defenses in the country. You can rely on them for keeping the other opponent from out of the end zone and then you can just take your offense um, step-by-step which Michigan has done and, and quite frankly they've done it well. Outside, again, the Wisconsin game, uh, we've been scoring a lot of points. So it's, it's very nice to have you know that defense be able to give us that ability offensively to really take it as we have.
0: Let's talk about our running backs, Greg. Uh, we're seeing three, sometimes five guys a game getting carries at uh, tailback. Running back by committee, which Jim seems to, uh, to like so far. Do you like the production and the diversity we're seeing uh, from those three to five guys getting carries?
1: Well... I'd like to see one of the running backs really come to the forefront. I, I really would. And um, I know uh, that's the, the trend now. The trend is, is, even in the NFL, the trend is to have a running back by committee. And I think you, you you probably will see that in the future. And one of the reasons you do that running back by committee is simply because the position takes a beating. When you get hit like that constantly, you know, it takes its toll. So to keep the running backs fresh, uh, I certainly agree um, with you know rotating them, and but you know but that being said, you know I don't think any of them could really get into a rhythm if they don't play a considerable amount of reps. Uh, and the and the luxury there that we have as well is we have one of the best athletes in the country in Jerrell Peppers that could you know offset a little bit of that. So it keeps teams guessing you know as well. So it's a nice problem to have, and I think uh, Devon Smith is probably our number one guy. But the guy that I've liked uh, over the last uh, you know, few weeks, and I know he's been limited in some of his touches, but it seems to me he got a little bit, you know, more, a couple more touches in the Rutgers game. Is Ty Isaac, and I think he's come a long way. And I think, you know, all our running backs have different styles, which you know give defenses different looks, which makes their job, you know, much more difficult. But I'd like to see, you know, one or two guys start to step to the forefront. You know, when I played, and you know, most of the, you know, had most of the other guys in line. You had two or three guys that could really carry the ball, maybe even four or five, uh, and, and that's a nice problem to have. But I, there's this always that one guy that would, you know, he, and not show himself in the season, show himself in that game, and then he would get more more touches than somebody else. So I'd like to see that a little bit more consistency. But I can't argue um, with the you know the theory of going with with the group because I think there's a lot of diversity there and a lot of talent and it really could give defensive uh, fits by giving them different looks.
0: At fullback, we're using two guys, uh, the touchdown machine, Khalid Hill, and Henry Pogi. Jim likes to get those guys involved in the game, and they have been a pleasant surprise so far, Greg.
1: Outside a tight end position, that is the key position in Jim Harbaugh's offense, whether you like it or not. And really, it's an extension of the offensive line. And those two guys are probably two of the best fullbacks in the country in terms of the production that they give you and the toughness that they have. And they epitomize what Michigan football is all about. That position right there is a very difficult position. It's a very tough position, but it amplify. It really exemplifies what Michigan football is. And you know, you might as well put them up for, and, You know, they're, they're, these are the kind of guys that could probably uh, go up on the line of scrimmage and or just start to battle with defensive lines directly. But as the fullback goes, well, so will our offense. And and, and you know, it lead. You know, guys that lead, guys that you know will get a touch here and there. And guys, it'll just give you that extra effort. Those those fullbacks have provided that for us. And, and Jim will tell you, and I'm sure Schreiber told him, do you have a tight end and do you have a fullback? <laughs> and that's you know that's what you want you know from a Michigan offense. And although, and this is the day and age of passing the football. Make no mistake about it. Jim Harbaugh still wants to run you know run the ball, control the ball, and and it's so far away from what football has got it gotten to. Like for a guy like Chip Kelly, who wants to speed everything up. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan offense want to control everything. And that's not to say they won't throw the ball down the field because we have excellent receivers and excellent deep threats. It's just that you want the ball in your hands, control the ball, keep the defense off the field, give them a break. Because I remember when our offenses were a little faster, the defenses were tired as heck uh, as the, the game went on because simply when on the field were on the field far too long. And so um, now – you want that ball control offense, um, and even so, even what I would consider a ball control offense. Again, you throw over a seventy spot against Rutgers, you're doing. you, you got everything you want. You got everything you want. And this is probably a hard week. To, well, it's an off week, but probably a hard week you know, for Jim to coach. I mean, how much? How? How could he make you know corrections over the very few mistakes? Although, like I said, the offense. I think we were slow against. You know, we came out slow, but it, it's you know it's a tough week to coach because. So it you know, it was it was a, it was a blowout. I mean that, that's that's the you thing we're operating on all cylinders. Although you and I both know, Mike, that there was there's improvement that could be made. And if they actually did play, you know, uh, the perfect game, what was that score going to be against Rutgers?
0: Well, you know, one of the things I sort of uh, took exception to uh, during the telecast on Saturday night, Greg, was. Um, the guys uh, in the booth, they were comparing Ohio State and Michigan already, saying, what's the difference between the two teams at this point? And they're saying explosiveness, especially in the receiving core, which sort of tweaked me a bit because I thought, hey, we've got Darbo, Chesson, Jake Butt, Grant Perry uh, contributing. I think our receiving core as a group is as good as anyone's in the conference.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. But, Mike, here's here's the thing with when it comes to Michigan football. And, and you could see... Some of the disrespect we get in the polling, and some you know if you watch some of the national broadcasts uh, for football for college football, and how they want to bring all these teams ahead of Michigan. You know what? Uh, Michigan is just sitting there at four, probably should be three, you know, and, and such. But everyone seems to be jumping Michigan, whether it be Clemson or or Louisville. I listen to Kirk Hershey say, you know what? Well, Louisville, they lost, but that was the nicest loss I've ever seen, and I I start laughing because I said, "Isn't that what the whole crux of the college playoff is? Is to win on the field?" Hey, Kirk, by the way, Louisville lost. I don't care how good they looked in losing, they lost. It doesn't mean they can't come back. I get that, but they lost. Hey, they lost. That's why we have a college football playoffs. They lost. But, you know, Michigan is, you know, sitting there, you know what, just, just plugging along. And Jim Harbaugh is smart enough and has been around the block enough to know that, you you, you, you know, we're the fans and we listen to it, but you got to just keep those distractions at bay. Let them out. Keep them out of the locker room. Keep them away and just plug along. And he's done a good job. The progression this season has been beautiful. Of course, I would like to see them score a little bit more points mm-hmm. against Michigan or against Wisconsin, but um, – Hey, they played a great game, and and they could have scored, I thought, a couple more points in that game. Anyway, we. But the bottom line is we won against a you know, top ten ranked team. But you know that, so that, you know that that's always I think my thing you know with Michigan is people are so envious of Michigan, and I say that with all due respect, because Michigan has the tradition, Michigan has the most wins, Michigan has the pageantry, Michigan just has everything that you would want as a college football program. And so uh, because it's, you know, and, and it, it's been on top for so many years because it has all the stuff that we have. I mean, they reveled in the fact that Michigan was down all those years. There was, there was a college football country, a lot of them, those haters reveled in Michigan being down a little bit. But now they're back, and now we're back. And now it's like, well, Ohio State has better receivers. Oh, Louisville looks better in a loss. Clemson looks better. Oh, Washington crushed Stanford. Well, guess what? Maybe Stanford's not really that good. Didn't they just lose this past week too? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I didn't really think Stanford was as good. They were just getting the credit for what they've done in the past. And Washington whooped Stanford, and all of a sudden Washington's great. Although I think the Pac, you know, the, well the Pac-10 is what I still call it, but I still think that's probably you know, one of the weaker conferences overall out there. Although I think there are some decent teams there. And I do believe Washington is a very good team, I do believe they will compete uh, for one of those uh, playoff positions. But that's just the way it is, Mike. It's just the way it always will be with Michigan. The rest of the country looks towards Michigan because they're Michigan, and then you got the haters, you know, jumping on, you know, trying to trying to hate on Michigan and just, you know, not giving them the respect they deserve. But, you know, Michigan players and Michigan program, they love that kind of stuff because, you know what, the one thing Michigan guys know, and, and especially Jim Harbaugh, is that, you know what, respect is earned. And you know what? You want to talk about that stuff? Go right ahead because we'll go on the football field and we'll earn our respect.
0: We'll beat your butt and we'll move on. (laughs) Well, with us on our game day segment this week, as we enter into the bye, we can sort of do a midterm report card on this Michigan team. Uh, Is Michigan great Greg Skrepinek. Greg the D. Uh, We knew this was our strength coming into the season, but even I'm surprised at how dominant we are. We still have six big tests yet, but so far, Greg, this is the best defense we've seen around here in a long time I think it's safe to say that
1: as an offensive guy <laughs> I just had an <laughs> argument with somebody yesterday about you know you know with the the adage of defense wins championships and and I'm an offensive guy and I kind of I buy into that statement simply because your defense has to be able to set you up offensively and as I said in the past you know defensively you know we were questionable, you know, maybe, you know, five, six, seven years ago, we were just questionable to the point where an offense has to take the field with the pressure of having to score every play, every, every series, because you just don't know what the defense is going to do. That's not the case anymore. And quite frankly, that gives the offense more more confidence. So when you have that kind of confidence in your defense to know that every time they go on the field, even if it's a sudden change and there's a turnover that they, you'd go out there and they could be a 3-and-out and, out and you, you know, you could just you know, breathe a sigh of relief offensively and say, oh, thank God for our D. It just does so much for your offense. And, you know, the guys up front, uh, I think Chris Wormley, he's one of my favorite players. I think he you know he's having a great season. But I think the guy up front that really has made a difference in when he came back is, is Taco Charlton. Mm-hmm. I think he really, really steps up the defensive line play even that much more. Although I believe the other guys have done a wonderful job, uh, and, I, and like I said, Chris Wormley is one of my favorite players. And the guys in the middle, of course, you know, our big nose guard and, and the guys at battle, you know, they're always near and dear to my heart because they're bangers and stuff like that. But Taco, Taco Charlton, I think, has really stepped it up the last couple games. And I think he'll end up being a high draft pick and getting his shot to play in the NFL uh, um, one day. And the other guy, of course. Mr. Interception <laughs> that really I think having him back uh, is really um, has really had another spark to the defense is Jordan Lewis. When he was out, I was you know, you know of course, we don't hear too much about exactly what's wrong, but you know I was a little concerned when he was out because he's such a good player and, and he's such a, a, a dynamic player that having him in the lineup is just uh, you know is great, so having him back. As much as I could probably tell you, he probably should have knocked that interception down. It was one heck of an interception against Scott. and it's like, holy cow! It's like, we're and he and he mistimed it, and he mistimed it, and he was still able to you know to, to pull it down. So I think having him on the field um, really makes our defense even better. And then you know, uh, I say you know I talk about all these other guys. I mean, really the catalyst of our defense is Jabril Peppers. I mean he makes it he's definitely the heartbeat of our defense. There's no doubt about it. As much as those other guys really add and and make, you know, some things happen up front and in the secondary. His ability to do you just to go about anywhere on that defense will give offensive coordinators nightmares. Every week, what's Jabril Peppers going to do? And even when Jabril Peppers doesn't make the play, he sort of does because he's paid so much attention to by the offense that guy, other guys in the defense are allowed to make plays. And, and, you know, the nice thing about Jabril Peppers is he's even keel. He doesn't, you know, I I don't believe he's one of these cocky guys that get way over, you know, uh, way over his head. You know, things starts to think about things, you know, years down the line. I think he has the ability to be mindful and live in the moment. He understands the tradition at Michigan. Of course, he just he went home a little bit, in New Jersey, and had a little bit of fun against his hometown. You know, his, his home school team that was probably exciting for him. But he does—he just—he just goes about it in that workmanlike attitude, the attitude that Jim Jim Harbaugh has tried, you know, to put and in, instill in this team from day one. And you know what? He's just a wonderful guy to watch. I mean, and, and as much as I know, he gets all this attention. You really can't say enough about him because. He's that he's that kind of kid. He just that kind of, he's contagious. You know, those other things other guys around him, it's contagious watching a guy like Jabril Peppers who goes to work every day, who does things. Listen to Don Brown, our defensive coordinator. There's things that he does in practice that, you know, what just puts them in awe and you know, what really can allows a defensive coordinator to do things that otherwise he would not be able to do. He really is the captain out there of the defense in many aspects. Um and uh, it, it's just great to see that um, he, he, he keeps that even keel and, and, and it really does it the Michigan way. The Michigan way, the right way, the hard, you know, working hard and, you know, pulling up his teammates. And he will do anything he can for this team to win, and, it's, and that's, that's encouraging to see.
0: Well, no question about it. And we all know what Jabril brings to this team on both sides of the ball. and A linebacker. Uh, sort of, which was an area of concern, Greg, uh, before the season started. Not not that we didn't have the talent, but, you know, they were, they were lacking in experience. They hadn't done it yet. But two guys I'd like to talk about who I think are playing lights out and have all year. Ben Gedeon, who Jim Harbaugh called a stud in, uh, over and over in spring ball. And then Mike McRae, who really flies around at that linebacker spot. Those two guys are playing big,
1: real big, and you know what? That's the that's the pleasant surprise in the defense. Like you said, I, I guess there was um, there was question in the beginning of the season whether or not uh, you know what the linebackers were going to do, and of course that's a key position. And then you say to yourself, okay, then what was the reason you took Jabril from corner and put him as an outside linebacker? Uh, is there a problem in that position? But listen, Gideon from the start, I wasn't even Big Ten player of the week, you know, mm-hmm. very, one of the very first weeks. So he from the start has really, you know, played big. And again, when you have all those guys around you, uh, especially up front for a linebacker, it makes your job so much easier and you feed off that stuff and you get to go out there and, 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 and just fly around and make plays. But this kid has not only done that, he's done it very well. He's done it to the point where, um, you know, he, he's, he's starting to be a leader on that defense. And McCray's the same way, you know what, where, wow, you know what, we are pleasantly surprised to see what's going on. But, again, he's a beneficiary of just having guys around him, knowing what to do, that, that experience up front, a guy like Jabril being a linebacker, Jordan, you know, these, these secondaries, which is probably the strongest, one of the strongest uh, in the country. And you know what? It all fits. All the puzzles fit. uh, Pieces of the puzzle might fit. Um, There's sometimes you just don't you don't have the luxury sometimes of you know those pieces in the puzzle or this will happen. So you're trying to force feed that you know one of those pieces into the puzzle and of course that always doesn't work. But for our defense, it just seems that all the pieces to the puzzle fit perfectly together. Now listen, it's a long season. Things are going to happen. Things could happen. let you know, knock on wood that we stay healthy, and it's nice to have this off week to get a little healthier and to get a little chance to rest. Um, because I think you know, college football season always happens at a furious pace, and now that you're going to get into the Big Ten and the the, the the meat of the Big Ten season, um, you know, you're going to need to be well rested for this stretch run. So, but all of them, those pieces defensively has really fit in nicely. And you know the, the guys that were questionable in the beginning of the year have fit in perfectly. The guys that we've expected to have big seasons are having big seasons, and together they're you know they're forming a unit that's one of the best in the country. I think last I saw, um, prior to the Rutgers game, they were ranked uh, in the top 25 in college football in 12 defensive categories, and that has only gone up after this week because they blanked Rutgers. So it, it's certainly. It's certainly encouraging to see, and really it's exciting to see as well. The excitement that this group of men and, and Jim Harbaugh have brought back to Michigan football is just, it's awe-inspiring. And, and really, as a, as a former player, it's like, boy, you really wish you could be part of it. You know, it's because it's you could see it's something special. And, uh, and so
0: it's definitely been exciting. Well, you know, another player I'd like to uh, just give him his due back there in the uh, secondary, Greg, is uh, Channing Stribling. We all know when Jordan's on the field, the ball ain't going his way very often, so uh, Channing Stribbling gets a lot of work, and, man, has he played big this year.
1: Well, I think <laughs> I think one of the reasons that you know uh, Jordan Lewis took that interception is because Stribling was getting his, so Jordan Lewis had to say, wait a second, I need mine. But that's the great thing. To see, I think even Stribling, you know, the way he's played helps a guy like Jordan Lewis get back on the field a little quicker. Because when you're on the sidelines and all that stuff happens, you just want to be part of it. And so, uh, you know, Stribling has played nice. Mike, I, I have issue, you know, and I and I continue to have issue with some of the you know the coverage about these guys, these defensive backs facing the receiver, mm-hmm. uh, um, even up until the end of the uh, end of the, uh, the throw. Um, I, I think it gives up some big plays sometimes because they just don't see the ball. They don't look back and, and make plays. But they have somehow made that work because now they start to look back a little bit and now they've made plays. And Stribbling certainly has made his fair share of big plays because you knew he was gonna get picked on in the beginning. Even, you know, when Jordan Lewis wasn't out, obviously they could, you know, go either side. Now when Lewis is there, now teams are will to say, Okay, we're gonna go away from him. And then we'll, we're going to pick on this guy, but you know, Stripling has stepped up to the challenge. He stepped up well, and he's made not only has he you know, he, he he been there on the great pass coverage, but he's made plays. He's made plays. He you has know, you know interceptions. He, you know, he, he knocks the ball down and he makes plays. And so now, as an offensive coordinator, opposing offensive coordinator, what do you do now? And and, and really, in the defense. It allow, you know, if you have shut down corners, if you have two shut down corners, it's probably the most important position on a defensive. And I think dictating, you know, the defensive and offensive lines will always dictate what goes on in certain you know, aspects. But in this day and age where, you know, where everyone's pass happy, everyone runs this, you know, this hurry up offense, or gets into this no huddle offense, you have to have, Two solid shutdown corners. Not one, you have to have two. If you watch the NFL game, the team who has the two good corners defensively, usually the team that, you know, what does well. So if you have that, your defense now is allowed to do so much more. You got a guy like Jabril Peppers and you got a guy like you know, you got two guys that could shut down, you know, the you know, the receivers. Now you could just do so much. That's the luxury if you look overall, with dribbling you know, being able to, you know, what, be, you know, starting to become that shutdown corner that you'd like to see, that guy that could, you know, that could uh, go one on one with anybody. And of course, Lewis coming back, which is a great plus. And a guy like, the guy like Jabril Peppers. And we could get to the quarterback with four down linemen. Don Brown has to be like, you know, he must be in his glory <laughs> because he could do just about anything he wants to do. And we all know now he's an aggressive defensive coordinator and he even comes out against Colorado and says, well, maybe I was too aggressive. And because Colorado, Colorado's a pretty decent team, especially offensively. They can move the ball. So, um, you know, we got down a little early in that game uh, and in large part too, because of a turnover offensively that would, you know, that one, it was a touchdown too, but you know, he's a great, he it was a little maybe too aggressive, but, with all those uh, pieces of the puzzle put together defensively, Don Brown now could do anything he wants, and he, we all know he's going to. Pro- he's definitely going to stay aggressive, but there's going to be times too where he backs off, and he could because it, either when you think about it, and, and it's, it's it's exciting to you even talk about as a Michigan guy, it's exciting to talk about as a football guy. But when you think about it, you know usually you have one, you know one one of those things. Maybe you have a great player. Maybe your defensive line's tough. Maybe you, you know your linebackers are okay. Maybe you have a, a good corner here and there. You know, it's it's you know one of those things. If you really look out through college football, some some teams have those pieces. We have them all. We have them all. We got guys that could you know rush the passer. We got linebackers that could fill holes. We got corners that could shut down. What else do you need? And we got guys that are aggressive and that can play football. That's, that's a great recipe for success. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully, you know, we stay healthy. And it's going to be exciting to see. Now, they have great challenges coming up, uh, road challenges too. Um, they're, they're great big road challenges. I know, you know, in the, in, the, in the past, you know, the road has kind of hunted us a little bit. But we are in a great position right now, um, you, know, we, you know, because of those guys' hard work, because of Jim Harbaugh putting them in the position to succeed. And you know we we, we're at we're exactly where we want to be at this time of the season. Mike, how could you stop? How could you not be excited if you're a Michigan football fan?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Greg. I think everyone's. uh, uh, We would rather just get rid of this bye week and go on to uh, Illinois and uh, keep playing uh, instead of take the week off. But it is what it is. Uh, Yeah. They have some things to work on. I tend to be a worry ward. Even in a, in a 78 to nothing game, I'm looking at, okay, what do we need to do better? What do we need to work on? And one of the question marks I think that we've seen through the first six games is um, the kicking game. Kenny Allen, it is not that he isn't a good field goal kicker. He is. But he's been handling an awful lot of the load this year. Do you expect that we're going to see someone, whether it's Quinn Norden or Ryan Tice, step in and take over at least uh, field goal kicking for him?
1: You know what? In a perfect world, I think that would happen. Um, but I'm not so sure because he still handled everything against Rutgers. And, and it obviously is a mental thing. And uh, against Wisconsin, you know, Brian Greasy made mention, if you're listening to the, if you're watching on TV, he made mention about, the, you know, his struggles at uh, kicking and then how it equated me out know, to a little bit of uh, you know struggles with punting as well and uh, i thought it was a little unfair because i think he, he maybe had one punt or two punts that were so so but i thought from a punting perspective he's been solid all year mm-hmm. i really have I, but from a punting perspective i think he's been as good as you could get now from a kicking you know, the whole thing about kicking and this is this is something probably that you know. I don't know why why many of these psychologists out there, psychiatrists, don't open sports <laughs> psychiatry departments because kickers, you know, are are the uh, the perfect uh, client because for kickers, generally speaking, it's never you know never the physical ability because we all know he has a nice leg. We all know he's made them before. It becomes a mental uh, anguish, and once that is, in, it's like the yips in in golf. Once it's in your mind, it's very difficult to come out of it. And the only real way to get out of it is to continue to kick, and then you know be put in those situations. Although, you know, Jim Harbaugh can't wait, you know, for that situation. You know, you can't wait for that stuff to happen. Now, maybe um, because you know, games have been so one-sided uh, that he could, you know, give him the opportunity. Opportunity, but sooner or later, Jim's going to have to make the tough decision whether or not. I change it or I don't. And um, I think it would be better for Kenny Allen if someone or the other kickers came to the forefront and was allowed to uh, handle the kicking duties. Because it's just, it's it's so taxing. And very rarely do you see guys do both. And I've seen them done in Michigan before and stuff. It's a testament to his ability that he's able to do both, Mike. Unfortunately, you know, it becomes very difficult. Very difficult, and you know the pressure. That's what, what one thing that we don't understand. Uh, you know, football players listen. Defenses have series, offenses have series. You know, so if you screw up one play, hey man, you can get it back the next play. These guys go out for one play at a time, and they're very important plays when they go out. We all know what happened in the Michigan State game last year with our kicking game. You know that, and that one play. So what are kickers playing? Maybe. 10 plays a game, 15 plays a game, and that with 15, 15 plays that they're on the field are very significant, very significant plays. I mean, they are pressure plays every time they go out there. Every time they go out there, be it a kickoff, be it a punt, or be it, you know, an extra point or field goal. they are pressure situations all the time. You know what? We take it for granted because normally on extra points, we usually make them. Kickoffs don't seem to be that big of a deal. You know, punts, eh, blah, blah, blah. But we all know, as Michigan fans, that punt cost us a game against Michigan State last year. So these guys have a tall order and a lot of pressure on them all the time. So now he has to handle all those duties. I think it's, it's a, tough, a tough tough, task. To and I think this week would probably have an emphasis. You know, they'll get a little bright, a bright, but I'm sure Jim Harbaugh is going to have a kicking competition to see who comes to the forefront and uh and, and and really take some of that pressure from him then again if he's the one that comes out on top of that competition then let's go then let's go let's not make excuses and let's get it you know get the job done and i, I the ability's there you know so just get now about just getting the job done so it's an area of concern and one that has to be addressed and hopefully uh um, Kenny Allen will get his mind right, and and then he'll you know, just to settle into what he you know was doing before, and everything will be fine. Or someone else comes to the forefront, but certainly has to be addressed.
0: Well, a final question for you, Greg. Uh, so far, uh, so good. Michigan fans have to be elated by what we've seen. We just talked about the uh, the kicking game, that piece of it that could be problematic and has to be fixed. But we've talked about a lot of positives uh, with this team so far. But if you had to pick an area or a couple of areas that concern you through these final six games, a couple of big road tests, and of course, a trip to Columbus, what would those areas be?
1: Uh, well, I, I believe, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit, obviously, the first and foremost is kicking. we got to get that down. We, we can't afford to, you know, to miss field goals. I mean, they miss a the field goal here and there is all right. But to, to leave nine points off the board against a, a team like Wisconsin, who's a top 10, Generally speaking, that'll come back to hunt you at some point. So, of course, I think that would probably be the major concern. The other concern, up front, the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I would, uh, um, you know, continue to work that. Uh, you know, I want to see a little bit more physicality at the point of attack and a little bit more push and a little bit more, you know, that kind of dominance. And, and, and although they've done well, you can understand, as well as you, you, you've done, you always could do better. So, you know, you just got to continue to move forward. You got to continue to try to get better. You got to continue to prove off your last week's performance because you're only as good as your last performance. So you know, you know obviously we were pretty good, but you still there still was mistakes. Early on in the game, uh, we we fumbled. We weren't moving the ball that well. Uh, State wasn't throwing the ball that well. Receivers weren't you know weren't holding on to it or, or running the right routes and stuff. So there's always ways. So up front, I just want to see a little bit more push. Uh, especially at the point of attack, I'd like to see uh, one of the running backs come out to the forefront. Um, you know whether or not it's Ty uh, um, Isaacs or uh, one of the young freshmen or even um, our uh, starter right now. I'd like to see um, one of those guys really come to the forefront. Uh, I think State needs to continue to you know work his progressions and continue um, to get in there, reading coverages and understanding defensive coverage. And then putting your team in the best position to win and getting the ball to where it needs to go. I'd like also offensively. I, I really think we need to use one of the best tight ends in the country a little more. I, I don't. I'm waiting for that. Uh, you know that um, that game where uh, our, our stud tight end comes to the forefront. And I don't think that's uh, that's that's really happened. You know, although I think he's had a solid season. Uh, I, I'm waiting for that big day where we could see that our all American tight end um, uh, is playing you know mm-hmm. playing or catching the ball a little more. I think I think we could have tacked the middle of the field a little bit more with him during uh, during the Wisconsin game. Now defensively, well this is real hard, you know, to you know to uh, um, <laughs> critique because you would look at them and say, Man, they played very well. I know mean, what if they're to improve. But you know, we can still continue to put more pressure on the quarterback, linebackers, you know, making sure we're tackling well, continue to, you know, use the tackling drills. Secondary-wise, you know, of the times they have, got make sure, you you know, what you're you're doing, your technique, but also make sure that you're seeing the ball and where the ball is. And so, um, you know, just continue to work on the technical things, the little things, the fundamental things, and everything will, will fall into uh, in place. But, you um, you know, I'll tell you, it's just it's just been nice to see the progression of what these guys have have done. Uh, They're really, really the progression of what they've done. Because uh, other than, like I said, offensively, Jake Butt not you know getting the catches that you know that I like to see him get or getting some of the targets that he should get, uh, and maybe a running back on the forefront. How could you argue with some? I mean, you're hanging up. Over 45 points on other teams. You just hang over 70 points against Rutgers. You you, know, you put 14 up against Wisconsin, who's a top 10 team, which I think there was a lot more points that we left on the field there. Uh, so the progression has been wonderful, and defensively, I mean, what could you say? What could you say? But at the end of the day, all that stuff now, Mike, is in the past, and now we got to move forward. And like you said before. One of those things when you're playing and you know that well and you're getting better week in and week out, you don't want to have an off week. But the fact is, we do have an off week. Take advantage of it, get rested up, maybe get in the weight room a little bit, you know, get heal you know, good in the training room, and get ready for uh, our next game, which uh, you know is at home. You know, and we and by the way, we haven't even mentioned the luxury of having the first five games.
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was nice thing too, but. Always something to prove, but I got to say this. I really, I really, I got to thank Jim Harbaugh and his staff because what I see, I really believe that everything he's doing has been at the foundation of what Michigan, you know, the Michigan tradition and Michigan football has always been about and somewhere it's been lost. But I really believe, you know, that Jim Harbaugh has put the Michigan back into Michigan. And uh, it's not to say that I I was a Brady Holt fan. You know that. We had Mm -hmm. numerous conversations, and I I just don't think Rich Rodriguez uh, understood a little bit about the Michigan tradition. But when you come to Michigan, a lot of guys will say, well, I'm going to make my mark on Michigan. And the tradition at Michigan isn't that. The tradition at Michigan is that Michigan will make its mark on you. And I've said this many a times, that I don't believe like guys like myself you know, what chose University of Michigan. I believe the University of Michigan chose me. And I was a fortunate one. And I was a lucky one. And I believe that to be true for just about every player that goes there. And even, the, you know, your coaches. You know what? All these coaches knew it. Uh, all, all, you know, all of them know it. And Jim Harbaugh, I think, is the same way. He knows it. You know, he knows the, you know, the mark that Michigan made as a player. So when he's being called back home, that mark and that embedment, you know, it was embedded in his heart. Uh, you know, that spirit of Michigan. And, you know, he came home and he he brought it back to where he got back to basics. The the best thing and the thing I still love about what he did was he actually had guys competing to do more work, (laughs) competing (laughs) to run sprints. I don't know, Mike, but if I was playing, I would have said, well, you could beat me. (laughs) You could probably beat me because I'm not running anymore. But that was the Michigan way. The Michigan way is always we were going to outwork you. You know, Schembeck was one of his famous quotes when we practiced on Labor Day. He would say, gentlemen, today is Labor Day, and we shall labor. (laughs) And and, and, and Jim Harbaugh comes in, and he gets these guys to compete to do more work. That's the Michigan way. And he didn't change anything. He just brought it back in and said, "This is how we do it at Michigan. This is how it was going to be done. You know, it's going to be done. This is how we will continue to do it." And these guys are competing to, to do more sprints, to do more workouts, to do this. I mean, that's that's uncanny. You don't you know usually generally compete not to do it. And Jim has them competing and because he knows that you know what you have to appreciate you know the the, the beauty of a hard day's work. That's that's an appreciation that a lot of these kids today don't understand because it's just not in in their, in in the, in the, in the young culture, but he's got these guys to bought in. And that's one of the reasons I say he has put, he, he brought Michigan back into Michigan. Now he's been the beneficiary of Brady. Hope, you know, let's, let's face it. Brady Hope was starting to put a defensive guy. There a lot of those defensive guys were there. So he was the beneficiary of some of that, but, um, and Brady Holt, the same thing. Here's a guy that he, Columbus guy, Columbus, Ohio guy, but yet I think Michigan was calling him too. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work. Whatever the reason, it just didn't work out. But you look at it, what, what Jim Harbaugh and his staff has been able to do, he is he's fed off the tradition. He's fed off the foundation of what Michigan football is all about. And he's literally put the Michigan back into Michigan because – and he's even, he's even gone beyond that because, listen, we're not used to 45 point, you know, you know scoring efforts every week. We're not used to 70 point blowouts every week and stuff like that. So, you know, that's that's going a little beyond, but of course, we're used to dominant offensive lines, we're used to, you know, tough defenses, we're used to Heisman trophy, you know, candidates on our team and exciting football, you know, so but he's got to be on that because he used the Michigan tradition the way it's supposed to be used. And now He has one of the top ranked teams in the country and we're all excited about it. And uh, I mean, I'm always excited about Michigan football. I could talk about it forever, but uh, these last two years, in two short years, Mike, he has brought a program that many have said was, you know, had fallen to back to national prominence. And not only national prominence, he's doing it in in a way that it's becoming dominant again. And it's It's just such a wonderful thing to see, and and to see those young men buy in and and to really perform the way they do, I applaud his efforts, I applaud their efforts, and I'll be there Whatever they they ever need me for anything, I'd be there for them, and it's just something that every Michigan fan out there should appreciate. Because it doesn't come along all the
0: time. Very well said by our guest today, a Michigan great, Greg Skrepinick. Greg, always a pleasure to uh, have you join us, and we already look forward to the next visit.
1: Mike, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk Michigan football. I could do it all day. Uh, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know, like I said, you know, it, it, Michigan has made its mark on me a long time ago. That spirit has been. Embedded in my heart, I will forever bleed maize and blue. And and it's just great to see, you know, what these kids, I think they really start to understand, you know, what Michigan's all about and that tradition. And they they bond in and, and again, credit Jim Harbaugh and staff. But, you know, and also credit, you know, all those people around the Michigan football program that, you know, like you and I love, you know, Michigan football, from the fans to the administrators to the student body. All those people that know what that Michigan football is and feel that spirit every day, because I don't care who you are, if you go on that campus, you definitely feel that spirit.
0: Amen to all of that. And, uh, Greg, thanks again so much for your time. And, as always, go blue.
1: Go blue, Mike. Have a great one.
0: Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up on our bi-week edition of The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maize & Brew. Quick hits today, no injuries to talk about this week. The team is taking a few days off before getting back to work and preparing for a homecoming visit from the Fighting Illini. Coach Harbaugh and the staff are out recruiting, taking advantage of the extra time off. Our free show app is available from both the Google Play and iTunes stores. It's never been easier to listen to the show wherever your busy week schedule takes you. So get one of the apps and take the Michigan man with you wherever you go. If you're an iHeartRadio person, you can listen to us there now. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and add us to your favorites. In just a few weeks, a new interactive app will be available in the Google Play and iTunes stores. It was developed by the team that brought us Madden Football and EA Sports College Basketball. We have never seen anything like this. It lets you interact with your favorite teams while they are playing. It is simply amazing to see. For more information or a sneak peek, Email playitfirst at at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. By this time next month, this app will be all the rage. So get in on it early and find out why. Next week, we'll be back on Tuesday with our Game Day edition and then on Thursday with our Illinois Visitors edition. So make sure you join us as we prepare to welcome the fighting Illini to the big house for homecoming. Enjoy this bye week, everyone. After that, we're in for a six-week run that could lead us to an East Division championship, a trip to Indy for the Big Ten championship game, and who knows what after that. It's going to be fun. If we have a Michigan Man extra for you later in the week, I'll let you know via Twitter and Facebook. In the meantime, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, Go Blue!